love power, I will obtain happy, even Vakshasi upon his chest. Padam, her position, Hila, indeed, Vritya, by servants, Drishtam, served as Yama, whose Vakshmi, Swam, upon themselves, Vikshane, for the sake of the glance, Uta, on the other hand, Anya, of the other, Sura, demigods, Prayasama, the endeavor, Tadvat, in the same way, Vayam, we, Cha, also, Tava, your, Pada, of the feet, Rajaha, the dust, Prapanaha, have approached for shelter. So here, the gopis here are arguing with Krishna, right? They, he called them to the Rasulu pass, they came, he told them to go home, and now they're arguing with him. BBT translation. Goddess Lakshmi, whose glance is sought after by the demigods with great endeavor, has achieved the unique position of always remaining on the chest of her Lord Narayana. Still, she desires the dust of his lotus feet, even though she has to share that dust with Tulsi Devi and indeed with the Lord's many other servants. Similarly, we have approached the dust of your lotus feet for shelter. Now that's wrong. What's what the mistake in this translation? What's the mistake? Not lotus feet. Not lotus feet. Yeah. They omitted a lotus. Purport by BBT. The gopis here point out that the dust of the Lord's feet is so ecstatic and enlivening that the goddess of fortune wants to abandon a unique position on his chest to share with many other devotees a position at his feet. Thus the gopis urge Lord Krishna not to be guilty of a double standard. Since the Lord gave the goddess of fortune a place in his chest and also allowed her to seek the dust of his lotus feet, Krishna should certainly give the same opportunity to his most loving devotees, the gopis. After all, the gopis plead, seeking the dust of your lotus feet is perfectly justified and you should encourage us in this endeavor and not try to send us away. So this long Tika's by the Acharyas, I'm just going to read um, Jeeva Goswami's. So Krishna could say, You come from the same family. Why do you say you touch my feet? In response, they cover their deep longing and express humility. Though attaining a place on Narayan's chest, Lakshmi desires the dust of his lotus feet. Giving up her desire for service as a beloved consort, she desires to serve as a servant. She accepts to dwell among the crowd of many servants, though Davidus seek her glance. This example is given and is followed by its objective, the gopis. Just as Lakshmi aspires for Narayana's foot dust, 
We aspire for yours, for you are not like Narayana, Jiva Goswami Kosa, Chapter 10, 8, 19. In conclusion, therefore, O Nandamarsh, this child of yours is as good as Narayana by his qualities, opulence, name, and influence. You should protect this child very carefully. We attain the qualification to be your consort by being of good families, have surrendered to your foot test. The glory of Narayana's and your qualities is that it makes Lakshmi and ourselves feel humble, although attaining a position. Lakshmi desires dust from Vishnu's lotus feet, and we desire dust from your feet, but not lotus feet. This shows the special nature of the gopis in desiring the feet of their consort without great reverence. So the fact that they're saying feet instead of lotus feet is meaning that they don't have this feeling of reverential opulence that Lakshmi gave us. Just as Lakshmi rejected all others and accepted only Vishnu as her consort during the churning of the milk ocean, we accept only you as our object of worship. And it's just an interesting Christian book. Srila Prabhupada puts into the mouths of the Gobis Bhagavad Gita 529. You are our, and the Gobi saying, you are our only enjoyer, you are our only proprietor, you are our only friend, and therefore, please accept this. Another meaning is as follows, quote, Krishna saying, I do not remember touching you, even in dreams, let that be. Though one may falter once with bad conduct, it should not happen again. It is improper because it makes you break the conduct of chaste families and makes me the cause of your doing that, unquote. Citing the example of Lakshmi, they answer with this verse. Having attained a position on the heart of her husband, she was famous, Kila, as Lakshmi, bewildered by our unparalleled sweetness and thinking she is not qualified for associating with you, desires the dust of your feet. We surrender to that dust of Vrindavana on your feet that she desires is said, and then the quoting Bhagavatam 10, 1636, the goddess of fortune performed austerities for centuries, giving up all other desires and taking austere vows. The gopis will also say, here Jiva Goswami is quoting from 1031-1, which is Gopi Gita, when Krishna leaves Rasulila. O beloved, your birth in the land of Raja has made it exceedingly glorious, and thus Indira, the goddess of fortune, always resides here. It is only for your sake that we, your devoted servants, maintain our lives. We have been searching everywhere for you, so please show yourself to us. They repeat the word foot dust at a great longing. The use of the word dust of the lotus sea indicates the difference between Lakshmi and the gopis, as was previously explained. Not only Lakshmi, but Tulasi or Rinda in the pastimes, as Krishna's lover, desires his foot dust. The Padma Purana in the story of Jalandra explains that Tulasi was the consort of Krishna. In the Sandra Purana it is said, The twelve forests the abode of Krishna take shelter of Vrinda and are served by Brahma and Shiva. The Varaha Purana says that the twelve forests are protected by Vrinda. They are dear to me and destroy all sins. Thus Vrinda is under the shelter of Krishna. That dust is served by your servants, Virchidistam. This is further described. Other devotees, such as Vivakshana and Garuda, strive for that dust. On attaining the glance of Prema from their master, 
If Lakshmi and Tulasi aspire for the dust of your feet, what a fault do we have in seeking that dust? The version recognizing Krishna's power is very similar to the previous explanation, but instead of getting a glance of prema, the servants receive a glance bestowing knowledge. This verse is also an answer to verse 24, that the highest religious duty for a woman is to sincerely serve her husband. Goddess Lakshmi, whose lance is sought after by the demigods with great endeavor, has achieved the unique position of always remaining on the chest of her lord, Narayana. Still, she desires the dust of his lotus feet even though she has to share that dust with Tulasi Devi and indeed with the Lord's many other servants. Similarly, we have approached the dust of your lotus feet for shelter. Are you going to read the last paragraph? No. So, in this world, generally, we all want a big position, generally speaking. Or at least we want to be at a very high place for someone who has a big position. You know, we want to be like the right-hand man or the right-hand woman or whatever. You know, we want, to, we want to have something where we have some kind of status. And Prabhupada says, you know, if you don't have status with anybody else, at least you get a dog who will give you status. You come home from work and the dog is all excited. People always like to post videos like that. Somebody comes home from the military or something, and your dog is like, I love you, I love you, I love you. I think that's what we want. We want to be a, a big person. Bhagavad Gita says this is the original weakness of the heart. And as I said, we can't be a big person ourselves. At least we want to be a big person of a big person. Like somebody wants to be, you know, they want to have a powerful position in the government, or they want to have a powerful position under a big businessman. They call it name dropping, you know, oh yeah, I know this person, I know that person, I'm their good friend, I'm their good friend. And people try to ingratiate themselves to some famous or powerful person. Yes, isn't it like that? Right? It is so silly that people will take photographs of themselves with like a cardboard cutout of a big famous person. You see this in, in many uh, tourist places. There'll be some photograph of the president or the king or the queen or whatever, and you can stand next to the photograph and put it on your... And they take a picture of you and then you put it on your wall and it looks like you met Pope or you met Queen Elizabeth or something like that. You know, you're their intimate associate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we also have a disdain for service in this world. And I've said this many times. I don't know of any family that brings up their child and say, when you grow up, I want you to be a servant. You know, it's considered very unfortunate. Yeah, my mother was a maid, and, you know, my grandmother was a maid. And so the only aspiration I had in life was to be a maid. <laughs> you know, I mean, who does this? The family say to their kids, I want you to be a doctor. 
want you to be a lawyer, I want you, you know, I want you to have some high status job. And in this world, uh, one of the things we learned in university is that the greatest predictor of practically anything materially good, health, longevity, likely to stay married, anything, and, you know, likelihood not to engage in crime, is all linked to what's called SES, socioeconomic status, which is how much money you have, how much education you have, and how high status your job is in society. That's the greatest predictor of pretty much anything good in this world. So people don't want a low status job. <laughs> it's quite interesting. And it's quite interesting that we see this even among people who understand Dharma. You know, they have a whole philosophy about Varna, but still they push their children to the high status jobs. And in modern society, people don't want to be a servant so much that we replace most of the servants with machines. Is it? Nobody wants to do the servant's job. So when one would do a friend of mine, Indian, but brought up in America, so he married a wife who was Indian brought up in India. And when they got married in India, the wife says, I want at least 15 kids. So they come to America, and after she's here for a year, she says, forget it, not more than two or three. And he says, why? And she said, well, in India, when you want your clothes washed, the servant comes, takes the dirty clothes, washes them, dries them, irons them, folds them, and puts them away. She says, here, when I want to wash the clothes, I have to sort them out, I have to put them in the washing machine, I have to take them out of the washing machine, I have to put them in the dryer, I have to fold them, I have to iron them, and I have to put them away. But we're thinking, you know, we have these machines to replace these servants. Actually, it kind of fascinates me that these, uh, the poorer countries, the least developed countries, the average person has more facility often than very rich people in this country. How many people in this country have a servant that comes and does all your laundry for you and cleans your own house and cooks all your meals? But anyway, people don't like to be servants. But here we see that Lakshmi Devi wants to be a servant. She's the wife of God. She's the chief wife of God. Yes, otherwise, but she's the chief. Right? If you got out, otherwise, you just want to be the chief wife. So she's the chief one. What higher status do you have than that? You're the chief consort of God. The demigod says you would like her glance. I mean, we would all like the glance of Lakshmi, right? I'm sure that many people coming to the temple are pleased with the opulence of some kind. Wealth or health or fame or many of those six opulences. But even the demigods are wanting the glance of Lakshmi. When Lakshmi appears at the ocean, all the demigods and the demons are like, oh, she picks me, oh, she picks me. And she's like, ah, oh, you're going to live a long time, but you haven't given up your anger, and she goes to all and finds it false. So she's the wife of God. Everybody wants her favor. Everybody wants her favor. Even if what she wants is the opposite of renunciation, she still wants her favor. 
another argument. And here she wants to be a servant, Bridget. I can't remember if Sushantarali Thakur or Sanatima Swami was saying, they're saying Tulasi is at the Lord's feet. Tulasi is another one of Krishna's wives. She's willing to share, take her special position on his chest, share it with co-wife, share it with other servants, the lowest servants at the feet of the dust, just to be one of the servants. And the gopis are saying that too. We just want you. And they're not even seeing it as Narayana. They're saying, yes, Sparkling says you, you as good as Narayana. We just want to be at the dust of your feet, the dust of Vrindavan's on the feet. We just want to be a simple servant. They say even Garuda is aspiring for this. Again, Garuda carries the Lord around. You know, what an exalted position to be the Lord's vehicle. He just wants to be a servant. The wives of the Brahmanas also pray like this. They, they say it's very nice commentary by Vishnu Chakravati Thakur, where the wives of the Brahmanas are saying, well, we can understand if you can't you know, openly consort with us. It wouldn't go very well for the people in the village. They wouldn't like it very much. But we're willing to just stay in the forest like one of the forest goddesses, like one of the divine babies, and we'll just take the dust from your feet here in the forest. Right? Or like the, the uh, tribals, the Palindas, who just take the dust from Krishna's feet. We're, we're willing to be in that kind of a situation. And Lord Brahma also prays like this. After he sees all the Lord's opulence, he says, you know, I, I'll just be grass here in Vrindavan. Let me just be, you know, think about this. You want to be a big man. You can't become a bigger man than Lord Brahma. That's like the limit of the limit of the limit. The universe is practically your body. You need to go to sleep and the whole universe kind of falls apart. You're pretty indispensable. You know, in this world, we all find out how dispensable we are, isn't it? We move on and the whole world goes on without us, just fine. <laughs> but Lord Ramah, it takes a little nap and everything falls apart. So you're really and he says, I, I just want to be the grass so that the dust from the Lord and the dust from the devotees will fall on me. Uddhava, who's the Lord's personal friend in Varga, Again, he's, he's like the Lord's right hand man. He's advising the Lord. The Lord says, so what should I do? You know, these kings and Christians by Jarasandha, they want me to free them. I already told them I'd do that. Now he used to just invite me to Rajasuni together. What should I do? And Buddha was giving the Lord advice. And still he says, I just want to be some plant in Vrindavan. So I'll get the dust of Vrindavan. I'll get the dust of the Lord's own speech. And the biggest, 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 biggest man wants to be a servant. Now, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what is he saying? I am the Tanuja Kinkara, but he's not Mahamashana, but I'm Puja. If I am the Lord, I'm Puja. At least I've seen the Chinchaya. Please consider, my Lord, just make me a particle of dust. Particle? What's a particle of dust? I mean, if we want to take the most insignificant thing 
that you could possibly take, it would be a speck of dust, wouldn't it? Isn't it? I mean, even a little amoeba is more significant than a speck of dust. So I didn't need a speck. So that's God. And it's explained to you Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna trying to understand the mood of Srimati Radharani. And you were talking about watching me. So it's similar. Let me just be dust. Let me just be a servant. Or we're about to celebrate Govardhan Puja. So Govardhan is also similar. Govardhan is Krishna and Govardhan Puja festival. Govardhan shows that he's Krishna. And Shri Prabhupada writes that since that time, the devotees have taken rocks and pebbles, he says, and they worship them just like we worship the deity in the temple, recognizing this non-difference between the Lord and Govardhan Hill. You know, when you go to Govardhan Hill, it's, it's rocks covered with dust. And the Lord likes to take this position. And it says the Govardhan is so happy when Krishna and Balaram walk on him. And the Govardhan is happy when the cows walk on him. And all the devotees, not only that, even the dogs, <laughs> the monkeys walking on him. So, you know, that Materially, this is kind of inconceivable. In fact, we use such terminology materially in a very, it's very negative. Like, I'm not going to be your doormat. Right? Isn't it? We would consider like abusive. Well, I'm not going to let him walk all over me. Don't we have this expression? I'm not going to be somebody's doormat. But this is the aspiration of God Himself. God Himself is saying, I, I want to be the doormat. I, I want to, I, I'm going to lay my body down as rocks for the Lord and His devotees. The coward boys, the gopis, the monkeys, the goats, the cows, to walk on me. And then you'll feel the greatest happiness. And there at the dust of the Lord's feet are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of servants. So as the street lights on the Lord's chest, Vashti's just there by herself, hiding the Lord's counsel. i special. But at the dust of the feet, who is special? Nobody's special. There's a gazillion unlimited servants just to merge into this ocean of service. But, you know, that's a kind of pleasure, too, isn't it? To just relish one's insignificance. If you've ever been here, you look at the sky and the stars and you just feel so small. But it's a beautiful feeling, isn't it? Have you experienced that? But how satisfying it is. And just be a little small something. Do we sometimes like doing service without telling anyone we've done it? I'd like to just go and do some service here at the temple and you don't even tell anybody that we've done it. You just go do it. 
And we know you can, you know, no, nobody even notice it, but God. Have you ever done that? Just something, no, nobody but the Lord is going to ever know that I did this. And it's so satisfying. I'm just one of the servants. Just one of the little servants. You know, some big festival, like we find these big festivals in Russia with 10,000 devotees. <laughs> May that happen again. And just in this ocean of devotees and kirtan, and nobody knows you, you know, like, I'm pretty known in most places I go, but you can, like, disappear into the crowd. And you're just one of the devotees in kirtan. And it's, it's another kind of pleasure, it's another kind of enjoyment. It's actually an amazing sort of enjoyment. And therefore, King Kulukshetra says, I want to be a servant, a servant, a servant, a servant, a servant, a servant, a servant. It's not this little tiny speck. So the devotees actually have both. Oh, I know. Before I go to that. So, Krishna enjoys this and the devotees enjoy this, taking the dust of the feet. And Krishna enjoys taking the dust in his devotees' feet. Right? We have that very famous um, pastime where Jayadeva Goswami, he wasn't sure whether or not to write down that Krishna falls at the feet of Srimati Radharani, right? This wasn't sure. Should I write that? Should I not write that? But just like the gopis here, they're not saying lotus feet. Right? This, this mood of, of awe is not there with the resonance of Vrindavan. It's just not there. There's this, this mood of intimacy. The coward boys are crying out. He didn't hold up the hell of his mind. No, it's his mantras. There's this, this very intimate mood. And so Krishna even takes the feet of his devotees. Right? And Jayadeva is written, Chaganaki Shalaye Kamalani Yare Nakamani Nana Pujite And 
and the yogis are spreading their cloth by the sandy bank of the Yamuna, and their cloth is filled with the fragrance of their body. And Krishna sits down next to each of them. And either the Sanskrit can be translated as either they take his feet and hands and massage them, or that he takes their feet and hands and massages them. And again, it's explained each what we thought Krishna's always sitting on my cloth. All the other bodies they don't have Krishna, they're only on to. And then Krishna goes and is privately with each Gopi after they finish dancing. He goes and grow with each Gopi and they think Krishna is only with me. I am the chief. I am the most important. I am the only. I am Krishna's only. Mamata is mine. I am his. He is mine. And he is only mine. And I am only his. It is only him and I. And that is all. And every devotee feels like this. Krishna touches each tree, each plant, and each one thinking, I am the only. And Krishna's embracing each cow, and each cow is, I am the only. It's just him and me. We were just reading the 13th chapter, how the coward boys are sitting in a circle around Krishna, and there's concentric circles of coward boys, each other say, it looks like a rainbow, red in the center and violet at the edges. But each coward boy is thinking, I'm the only. Krishna's only looking at me. Everything is me. So it's not only Lakshmi that has that, every devotee. There is no insignificant devotee to Krishna. It just isn't. Every single devotee to Krishna is the only, and they feel, I am Krishna's only. I am everything to Krishna, and he is everything to me. And the devotee also has the happiness of, I am a speck among uncountable servants, insignificant, just one of the servants, not noticed, in the background. Let Krishna have his pastimes, I am in the background. He doesn't even see me, he doesn't even know me. I'm just serving the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant a hundred times removed, and I can just be in as a And both of those are there for the Lord Himself. I am the Lord, I am the center of the Ross dance, I am the Lord of Aikunta, and I am Govern on hell with the dust of the devotees on my head. And it's there for the devotees. I am just me and Krishna, and Krishna is everything to me, and I am everything to Krishna. And I am just a little speck. And both of those kinds of ecstasies are there, both for the Lord and for the devotees. So, questions, comments, questions, attractions? Yes. You were talking about the pleasure derived from this sense of being a servant. Yes. And what came to my mind, of course, ontologically, that's who we are. 
So as we become realized as to who we really are, obviously pleasure can be unlimited. Yes. Yes, because we are really a servant. We realize we are a servant. The pleasure is unlimited. And I hope this a lot about this quoting, uh, commenting on the Sushastaka Anandam Vivardana, this unlimited ocean of happiness. And he says, although the jiva is infinitesimal, when they are in touch with the Lord, they feel unlimited. Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. 